insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new episode of Crucial Conversations Podcast with the Blue Lava Community, where we gather and share expert insights on security program management delivered with, by, and for the most respected security leaders around the world. Together, we'll explore solutions to the most pressing business challenges unique to the careers of CISOs and cybersecurity executives. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Mark. Sean. Uh, zero. Trust. That's <laughs> the amount of trust that I have. And you, my friend. I thought, I thought I thought we were gonna keep going with this uh, game, you know, like the what is it called? The, when <laughs> you connect word, the word, word with word. another, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you said zero right, trust, trust came uh, first. Maybe I've been in this industry right, well, and having conversation. I'll, with... I'll, I'll add worthy. How's that? Yeah, you have to this, that, you have to work? gain my trust, and then <laughs> I have to gain yours. Otherwise, it's gonna be a a loop that is not working here. It's a broken feedback. Um, why should I trust you if you don't trust me? That's right. That's right. And and thankfully, uh, marketing teams all around the cybersecurity industry have figured that out with uh, a thing called zero trust. And uh, it's done. It's all right there. All right. Done. There. Nothing, nothing to worry anymore. Of course, we, we say that in jest, but uh, there is a lot of good work going on on the technology front to help help us better understand uh, where we might be at risk and and hopefully how to program manage our uh, way out of those risks <laughs> to to run a successful business and uh, today's conversation uh, which is on crucial conversations here with the blue lava community where of course Marco as you know and our guest Billy Spears knows it's all about helping the community of CISOs and security leaders uh, excel in their roles and actually achieve at helping businesses uh, run proficiently and securely at the same time. Um, today's topic is all about trust, zero trust, 100% trust, somewhere in between. And I trust that uh, we're going to have a fantastic conversation with our good friend, Billy Spears. It's been a while, Billy, but uh, great to great to connect. Of course, we chatted a few days ago to, to uh, kind of kick this into gear, and I'm excited because uh, you have some really cool ways of, of thinking about this and some things that you're doing that I think will be extremely insightful for folks listening and watching to this episode. So, Billy, for those who may not know you yet, a few words about uh, your role, what you're up to, uh, maybe maybe a quick peek into your your journey uh, to this point, leading, uh, to, leading you into InfoSec. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. Hey Marco, nice to meet you. Uh, the I've been around this business a, a fairly long time. I think when I got in the business, I had no gray hairs, and now I'm full of them. So I don't know if that's a, a, a marker of time or just the volatility in our space. For me, I've I've worked in a lot of industries. I've worked in both public and private sector. 
I've wor worked in big gov solving, I, I think <clears throat> from my perspective, our consistent security challenges. We've changed the name of the business throughout my tenure in, inside of the space. We've, we have an official title now uh, of, of security, whether it's information security, cybersecurity, or some other blank dot security. Uh, we have that. When I first started, we didn't. Uh, we were all network sort of people looking at things on the wires going back and forth. So a lot of the folks listening, if you ever pulled cables or you built networks or you served as an architect, I started there too. Uh, I also started as, as a software developer, both early on. So a software guy, they went network, traversed around the spaces to, to a lot of different companies, solving some really complex challenges. And now I'm at Teradata. And my role at Teradata uh, as the chief information security officer is to understand uh, the risk associated with security in, across all of our environments and make sure, I think our, our top focus is making sure that the product we produce is is builds trust uh, and thinks about resiliency for our customers. Well, I am excited. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this conversation because I have to say, I'm not a big fan of making, um, having meeting where you prepare for a chat because I feel like you you want to always record those conversations and sometimes you wish that that was the actual recorded. And I, I have to say that if this conversation is going to be half as intriguing and interesting as our prepping, it's going to be good. And uh, it may be, I'm going to say that it's, uh, it not, it's not going to go much into the technicality of cybersecurity, but I, I think it goes into more of a human um, interrelationship and uh, and pretty much let's say that it, the truth is that technology is made by human and uh, and we need to work together. So with this, I would like maybe Billy to to tell us uh, how you had the idea to to go with this topic in this conversation because it was your idea. I think it was connected to a book and we really loved it. Again, it was a great prep. So let's make it as good. You you, you go with that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Marco. Uh, you know, this topic's interesting to me. When we first started talking about leadership and zero trust, uh, folks, yes, I still read books, paper books, paper cuts are amazing, but not too deep. And I had the opportunity to sit uh, in, in a session uh, by Stephen M. R. Covey, who's who's the son of the other Stephen Covey that you might know, and his his book called The Speed of Trust really just hit me because again in our business we talk about trust in a lot of different ways. If you hone in on zero trust, uh, it's it's really uh, focusing the conversation around the increasing sophistication of cyber attacks, getting more visibility, uh, putting those proactive controls in place. In the human or the leadership perception, uh, Mr. Covey really talks about credibility and behavior and what we can do as leaders to improve our credibility and promote that behavior with other leaders around the business. And I found it fascinating because, you know, we, we kind of put our toe in the water and we use terms like trust but verify. And in the, the session, it was really, it, the whole session changed my mind to trust and verify. And because if you if you trust but verify, we tend to get stuck on the verify and we never get to the trust. So I went back to my team uh, and I, I think I freaked them out like I, I was totally indoctrinated because the first thing that I did is I got my team together 
uh, and I just put them all in all hands and we went through the normal things that you guys that, that we all talk about with our teams. And at the end, I, I saved a few moments and I told them I trust them all. They don't have to build credibility with me. I trust them. Go out and do great things. And then we all sort of started to work on different uh, behaviors that we could enhance by building that trust and rapport with our leaders. And what I've found over the last few weeks is it's expedited momentum and shifting into innovation and change. Because a lot of the walls that we talk about with proving credibility and security, the why, the how, the, the how do you know you need some control or some change or, or some innovative idea, those walls have come crashing down. And now the only thing that stands in front of us today is, is how do we get to the mutually desirable outcome in the mutually desired state? So that really is how much investment and over what period of time. Really fascinating discussion. And where does, I mean, so many places to go with this. Um, I mean, so clearly you talk about trust within your team, uh, that then breaking down walls and silos, which we talk about all the time in security, that we need to break those walls down between the rest of the business uh, to have meaningful conversations. Uh, obviously talking about it here in the, in the context of, of trustworthy conversations. Um, how, how did that process work? I know you're a few weeks into this now. Um, did, I'm curious, did you talk about the definition of trust and, and what you mean specifically by swapping the butt with the end and how that impacts the way that your, your own team first, uh, communicates, uh, delivers things, documents things. Talk to us a little bit about that. To, to kick off. Yeah, fair. Uh, that's, a, that's a great uh, lead in, Sean. The, the idea of trust is, is really, it, it's more than a word. It, it, it has all kinds of ideas and all kinds of sophistication built around it. But really, trust is confidence. The opposite of confidence is suspicion. In security, we use both characteristics every single day in everything that we do. You either have a lot of confidence in something and you move forward or you're suspicious and you investigate it to the teeth if you need to. Uh, but how do you, how do you include both the character and the competence? So when someone says, Hey, that Billy, he's trustworthy or Sean or Mark, you're trustworthy. So it breaks down this model of, uh, of the investigation that ensues before you can move forward with whatever you're trying to accomplish. Most importantly, I think the, the biggest variable that I've been trying to tell my team is if you want to get trust, you have to first give it. It's like a trust fall. You have to say that the folks you work with are, are the best and the brightest and credible in what they do or they wouldn't have been hired in the first place. You have to trust that they have positive intent. And that doesn't take away from us gathering facts and making informed decisions, but you have to trust. And it's, it's weird. If, if you say, if you inherently say it out loud, I trust somebody, the thing in your body, at least with me, that occurred is all of that uh, steam that you normally dig in with of saying, I want to validate, I want to go do all these other things. It seems to drop. And then the conversation that comes out is mutually beneficial. Whether you agree or disagree with someone, that's kind of irrelevant at this stage. What we're saying is, I trust you. Now, what are the things we need to get done? There's a tremendous amount of them from security professionals' perspectives. There's a tremendous amount of them from your business perspective or your technical leader's perspective or all the other folks you work with. I have rarely in my career ever met somebody 
that intentionally goes to work and says, I'm going to sabotage the success of the company. It just doesn't happen. Now they have different motivations and different factors and different stress levels and all kinds of things on their plate. And then when a security person walks in, we usually bring our wheelbarrow of other controls and other things we'd like them to implement. Uh, and they have a process of getting it done. So I trust that they'll do their best to, to figure out how to get them done and meet the spirit and the intent of the control. And hopefully they'll trust me enough to guide them in the right direction so that we get there at the same time. Do you, do you think that this understanding of what trust means in the bi-directional uh, level of trust is important to talk about in the beginning? Do you need to set that stage first, do you think? Um, especially, I don't know, if, if there's a change in how you've done things before? I think it's important to set the intent of the conversation. And those are those aren't things that we we do really well. I mean, think about you know when you come into the conversation and you 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 broach a great idea or a great topic, uh, the very first thing people start wondering what's what's your motive, what's in it for you, kind of thing. Uh, do you do you go into the conversation seeking mutual benefit, or you're just coming into the conversation saying, I have all these security things. For example, I'm deploying a zero trust model. It's absolute. There's no negotiation. Get it done. The natural repercussion of, of something like that is going to be resistance, whether it's silent resistance or resistance in your face. People are going to give you all the reasons of why change is not a pragmatic solution in their space, mainly because you're not giving them an opportunity to voice their concerns or their considerations or priorities or whatever else needs to come out of their uh, heads at the time so you can get to the, the place that you both want to be. I think for me, it's important to declare that intent right from the beginning. My goal is this. My objective is this. I have this larger, more ambiguous thing. I want to deploy zero trust in, inside the, the company. And then there are, there are other tasks and other considerations that need to be worked out. And I can be involved in, in part of those conversations, some of them or all of them. But we trust the people that are around us uh, to, to work out those details so everybody moves in accordance with the overall business objectives. So... I'm thinking one of the places we went on the prep call and, and you kind of, you're going there again, defining trust. And I cannot think about defining trust without defining security. And when you add the word zero, the value zero to it, you, you're assuming that it's either perfect security, perfect trust, or is none, right? Is it zero and one? And I think that you cannot expect the perfect security. Otherwise, you just don't do anything. And even in that case, you're still probably <laughs> doing unsecure thing if you're living. And and the same thing goes to trust. You got it, as you mentioned, you say you have to trust enough to know that people are going to do their best, right? But if you're just expecting for that excuse to say, ah, see, I should have not trust you or C is not perfectly secure, then you're always starting from scratch. I mean, I, I'm looking at this as a relationship, which is as a leader, is that what you build, right? So security and trust, the two words go together, but they also need to be reinterpreted in, in a better way so that you can work. Yeah, Marco, I think if I was to try to simplify it and audience, uh, you know, don't send all the negative comments in, into the group. But if I try to if I try to really simplify it, I think security is protection. Right. And then trust is confidence. 
So they're, they, they very closely resemble each other and go hand in hand. And, and regardless of what kind of security, because we in this business have, a, have this unique way of making things really, really sophisticated, right? And, and what kind of trust or in what avenues or what uh, framing of, of trust exists? Again, there's, there's a lot of sophistication places you can go. However, if you take protection and you take confidence and you package them together, what do you get? You get trust or, or the idea of what we're talking about as an economic driver. It's not merely just a virtue, right? And what does that mean? Well, in, in economics, we have taxes and we have dividends, right? And the idea is if you don't have trust, it slows down the speed. It increases complexity, thereby increasing the cost of dot, 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 delivering or executing. If you do have trust, you get past all those other drivers, people are on the same page, it increases speed, thereby decreasing cost, which allows you to realize more value. A whole lot quicker. It's a very simple concept. But for me, it's it's been this, I don't know, it's like I couldn't drink water before. It's pretty crazy because I never really thought of it in, in this context. And I, I'm just wondering, I'm sitting here thinking, all right, I'm, I'm a leader of a team. Um, I like what I'm hearing from Billy now. What, what are some signs that might be exposed in my team that say, we, we believe we trust or we know we don't trust. We, we're, on some, we're on some point in the spectrum, right? Um, how do I identify where I might need to have this kind of conversation with different parts of my team? I think the first part is you you start from you know the the end. Are you getting the results that you need, or the results that you expect? If you're not getting the results, then you sort of talk backwards and you say, "Well, is it a capability issue? Is it an intent issue? The discussion we just talked about? Is it an integrity issue? Again, there's a lot of things to validate up and down that sort of stack, but the the ultimate place to start is. Are you, from my perspective is, are you getting the results? Are you achieving what's expected? If not, you can unpack this into so much detail. Uh, most often, and this happens a lot in, in my world every single day, you, you get three different people from three different parts of the business all working together and there's articulation differences about a single word or a single phrase. And so you have to sort of mediate the differences or facilitate the conversations to get to the same place. In security, we might say, again, we want to deploy a zero trust model. That seems very simple at the, the very nature, but you'd be surprised, security pros. We use acronyms and we use these, this big guidance. And most people don't follow what we're talking about because we're so deep in what we talk about day to day. And they just really touch or, or uh, they connect on the breadth of what we're saying. So it's important to, uh, to state your intent, to drive the conversation, to frame out some objectives of where you're trying to get to before you even start the conversation. And you're more likely to have success than you are to have those meeting for follow-on meeting for follow-on meeting to eventually get to the same place. But again, it just slows down the speed uh, and increases the overall cost. So that's a good point, uh, the communication part. How, how can you trust something that you don't understand. You're either following a cult in that case, sure, whatever you tell me that is. But, you know, I'm thinking about that telling story between the board, the, the, the business side and the security side and, and find that 
communication that allows them trust. You don't, you don't need to do each other's job, but you do need to kind of have an idea so that you know enough that you're trusting. Do you have some yes. examples maybe of that? Yeah, I think, I, you know, again, trust isn't, it isn't a blind thing. It's trust and verify. I think the idea here is you, you have to validate and you have to have credibility with each other. Without the credibility, uh, I think that blindly trusting would, would just cause a whole lot more harm than positive outcome. So like, for example, when, when I talk to the board, you know, you're, you're establishing uh, some report. So for me, I talk to the audit committee. And when I go into the audit committee, we're, we're, we're talking about what we talked about the last time some risks or whatnot, what we did between the last time I, I spoke to them till now. So what are the results? Some things went well, maybe some things didn't go so well, and, and maybe the reasons why. Uh, most importantly, we're talking about what the current risks are. So here's what we're seeing across the, uh, the, the landscape. Here are some uh, specific areas where we're working to improve, and maybe we have some projects to support that. Uh, we have some open action items, audit committee items, reviews, et cetera, uh, and then what they can expect moving forward. And if I have time in that, you know, 15 to 20 minute presentation, what I'll try to do is highlight something new and innovative. Because again, these board members typically sit on lots of boards and they're seeing similar things from our peers. So you, you want to validate the high, uh, the important points. You also want to build credibility by uh, maybe bringing up things that they might be curious about with, with other things they're seeing in other places. But you want to leave them with the confidence to know that if something comes up, you have a plan to understand the risks, you have a methodology to address them, you can respond to an incident, and you have a communication mechanism to, to raise levels and issues as they occur. So, Billy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tap into uh, my innate uh, attributes of being a program manager <laughs> where everything looks like a project to me. And, and as, as you're describing some of this, uh, it's easy for me because I, I often like to look at uh, to your point, what's the ultimate outcome? What are we trying to achieve? And I love the fact that you say, what's our shared intent here? What's mine and yours and how does that come together to achieve that outcome? Um, but it's often a long, long journey, right? And we may, have to start blindly trusting and maybe, and, and at some point we have the initial conversation where we begin to establish some trust, but then the project starts to tick and tick on and, and move forward. And I, as a program manager, I found that two things, one, having a quick win to, to establish some, something that is accomplished together um, really solidifies that initial level of trust and then ongoing uh, milestones that, that show we're actually marching toward the same objective and are working well together. So I, uh, that's my own view as a, as a, as a former program manager, um, applying it to this model. What, what are some of your thoughts, uh, with that in mind? I, I tend to agree with you. What, what I, from, if, if you think about the model that's in my head right now, a lot of what you displayed, Sean, is really about character building. And again, character is the, the foundation. So the not to, to slug for Mr. Covey, but the idea of, is the foundation of the tree. Without character, you can't really have confidence. So without integrity and intent, you can't get to capabilities and results. In, in the, the extending trust to get trust, you have to be, uh, be succinct 
Don't try to overtalk things. You know, talk straight with people. Demonstrate mutual respect. Uh, far too often do I walk in a meeting and there's a really smart person in the room who knows more than everybody in the room. And while that might be true, they're not listening to, to what other folks' problems are. They're not listening to the situation in the room. Uh, and truly, I think the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my career is when you walk into a room and you open yourselves up and you're willing to be influenced by something you learn in the room. It's impressive to me when leaders do that. Uh, quite often, I try not to talk for the first 10 or 15 minutes in a room. I try is the key word there. Sometimes that's just not possible. But I really want to listen and I want people to to influence me, change the outcome, change my approach, change a decision, bring some set of facts that says, here's a better, smarter, more efficient way to get things done. Uh, I want to be convinced that what I've learned throughout my career is just impossible. Now we have these new whatever, and let's take this approach to get to the same result. Great. That's amazing. Also, I think on the other side, it's, it's important to always think about continuous improvement and getting better. Uh, I'm sure that I can echo the sentiment and most people would agree. Uh, when you walk into a room and you say, I can't do something and you say, why? And they say, because this is the way we've always done it. Oh, that hurts. That's like a gut punch for me. Cause I know that there's so much hill to still traverse and there's so much road ahead that we have to get through before we can really find common ground to be successful. Uh, so in, in those situations, I really like to get to, let's clarify again what those expectations are. And then let's practice accountability with, with each other. I'm willing to take a, a, a trust fall and say, here, I'll do two things. Uh, and maybe I can get them to agree to one or two things. And we can come back together and show that we'll, we can work together for the common good. And I, I don't know if you've had uh, any experience here that you can that you can lean in on, Billy, but the, the idea of, because I, I love what you're saying about listening and there's, there's listening and perhaps maybe hearing and, and then understanding. And in there, there might be some assumptions being made. Well, I heard that person say this and therefore I'm taking that as a positive or a negative and, and not really uh, understanding what uh, is being said and how I can use what's being said to, to apply what I'm trying to do with my intent to the situation. So assumptions. <laughs> yeah, on that. I don't, yeah, Sean, I don't disagree with that at all. I think it happens a lot. You know, if you, especially when the executives walk in the room, they walk in the room and I don't care what word they use. They'll say, here's what I'd like to see. And people take the words you say almost as law, like so literal, it has to be those words because they said it. And I think inversely, executives, they, they walk in a room or any leader for, for that matter, they walk in the room and they're, they're trying to be helpful and they're trying to uh, provide different ways of thinking or challenge the norm or create some positive disruption that spurs thought. And they don't realize sometimes when you talk that people will, they work so hard to move mountains for you that you almost have to come in the room with 15 disclaimers and say, here's, here's, here's the frame of thought on that. Here's how I'm trying to approach you. Here's my objective. Like there's, there's no directives. I say this a lot, just because I'm saying it doesn't mean you have to do it. It's just an ideation session. And I think what, what happens there is minus all the disclaimers is people are, are more willing to let their guard down and they're more willing to, to think of ways 
to, to produce uh, the expected result, meaning I want to accomplish this large thing. We work in a very sophisticated company. We have all these layers and years and generations of how things were done. How do we consider all that stuff, move forward, not create risk, or if better yet, mitigate some risk? Uh, and, and how do we help our business succeed? That's not an absolute. That is definitely takes momentum of many, many people in the organization. So I don't, I don't think we could have had this kind of conversation, this crucial conversation, and this one in particular, eight years ago, 10 years ago, maybe not even five years ago, because we have had conversation. It, it, there is a different culture, I think, that is maturing in the industry. And I'm very happy to see this because it's more human. And I think it comes with knowing that you don't know everything, which probably wasn't the attitude a few years ago in this industry. Like, I know that you don't know anything. Just trust me. I don't need to trust you, but just trust me because I know more than you. So it's kind of like goes together in, in, a, in a loop here to asking you the question of how, not only how did you get to, to this different perspective it wasn't that you just listened to this presentation and all of a sudden the light blinked you you were probably already on that path and so can, can you tell me like what what on your opinion is changing in the industry that can allow us to have this conversation yeah thanks for that marco this is a great point and i think a great segue no it wasn't I'd love to be like, yeah, it was this one book and it solves everything. <laughs> but that's not true. I think the book highlighted just a, a, a one variable of a lot of points that you just bring up, you know, and, and really for for any security leaders or CISOs or depending on where you are in the world, CISOs, or if you just spell it out, C-I-S-O, like the, the idea is it's it's a very confusing topic even for us. We don't know how to say it. We have many different ways of approaching it acronyms, whatever. We don't know where organization to organization where we sit, how far away from the, the, the CEO are you, one level, two levels, seven levels. I don't know. Uh, so the organizations primarily don't know what to get out of a CISO and they don't know what to get depending on which industry vertical you sit in. How do we know? I challenge all the listeners to prove me wrong. In, in this particular situation, we have over 700 certifications and growing. 700. And I'm probably under uh, guessing at this point. So name another industry that's even close. Name another industry that has 10 certifications to do their job. Anyone. And I would absolutely love to be influenced. But the fact that we have so much complexity says you cannot know everything in this business. There's not a single person that knows everything. That's why we have all these different frameworks. Like think about all the frameworks we have to comply with. Then go back to my first point of, of how to, where do you sit in the organization? There are CISOs that are senior level executives. There are chief security leaders in companies or whatever they're called that are managers or this is their first role or they came from the audit side and they're saying, wow, I have all this stuff and this is, this is a lot and I need help. The challenge I had with growing up in this business is there weren't a lot of places to go to get help. Today, that's very, very different. There weren't a lot of places to learn how to be a great business leader. Today, that's very different. There weren't a lot of security leaders that sat on boards of companies. 
that's very different. And it's becoming more and more uh, of a shift around the momentum of putting security leaders on audit committees or uh, as the outside directors on boards and whatnot. There weren't, there wasn't really a business for security. Remember 20 years ago, it was the business of the CIO and the people were trying to learn what a CIO does and how they, how they bring value into an organization. Now look at all the chief security or chief information or chief technology, whatever it is, the technical leader, you have the CIO and CTO and CISO and, you know, the product officer, uh, you know, you have all these people who think about data and technology and move and, and innovate or excuse me, bring value to a company. It's complex. So today to shift, very long-winded answer to your question, to shift, you have to be a great business-minded leader to inspire that next generation. And you have to coach and mentor and let them know that the struggles they're feeling and the sophistication of the day or the anxiety and stress, it's gonna be okay. You've been there, you've done that. This is how business works. Let's get new ideas in, let's get new, uh, new approaches to solving things. Let's rotate people out to give them more experience. I think that's important. Rotate people in, say inversely. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely does. And uh, I'm looking back uh, in the time machine for early days for me. And we've, I'm kind of on this point of, of innovation. Um, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll frame it as transformation, business transformation that we've seen moving from uh, licensed business models to uh, subscription, uh, moving from uh, applications to um platforms, right? Uh, and that platform business model, moving to cloud and AI and, and, and looking at data and all these things. There's a lot of, a lot of transformation and a lot of moving parts. And we've had conversations with many of the Blue Lava community members on those topics. And even moving to, to your last point, Billy, that the hiring and the training and the retaining and, and keeping everybody up to speed. And my, my point of prefacing my question with all of that is, all that change, um, to your point, we, it's hard to keep up, right? And hard to know everything. And in there is a tremendous amount of ambiguity. And again, putting my program manager hat on, every project has ambiguity. It's a matter of how you expose that and, and have a conversation around that. And again, understand whose role it is to, uh, to partake <laughs> in uh, either accepting it or digging deeper to uncover the, the realities of it so you can make some good decisions. Uh, how does ambiguity play into uh, trust and, and some of the conversations you're having? That's a great question. I think ambiguity, it plays a lot. I, you know, in what we do every day, there's tons of ambiguity. Uh, and then we have to we have to create that specificity or the details that follow the ambiguity in the projects we create so that we can point it to the business objectives. And, you know, I hear half facts, some facts, no facts, a partial fact, or just an idea as you, you walk through the virtual hallways every day. And, you know, you're walking from meeting to meeting, trying to figure out, uh, or virtually if you're logging in and out, you're trying to figure out how the parts and pieces fit together. What's cool about a data-driven society is you're able to get into contact with people, maybe a little bit faster than you could previously. And if you, if you remember the pre-COVID days, we would walk through the hallway and try to catch somebody in between a meeting or something. It still might take all day to get to folks where today you can just, you know, you, you teams them or Slack them or you get to them much quicker uh, at wherever they are. Uh, 
to, to bring people together for, for these idea sessions. Uh, in, you know, guys, in business, it, it's important for us all as leaders to understand security is just that. It's your area of business. You're supportive around all the other business leaders trying to drive your company uh, in, in the right direction together. Uh, it isn't without security, everything just goes boom. Uh, it's security is a piece of the larger puzzle to build trust and resilience for your customers, for the other employees, for yourselves. Uh, and you and I think that a lot of security people take a lot of pride in their work. So taking the ambiguity, driving in the detailed uh, steps of what's next, super important. But any security leader out there listening, if, if you think you're going to show up every day and just have the finite details and tasks, that just doesn't exist. They're looking to you to solve that. Uh, one of the, the best examples that I can ever give here is, you know, when I was young in my career, uh, I was one of those guys where the, I would ask the senior leaders, why don't they care about security or why don't they care about the things I'm working on? And one of those security leaders looked me straight in the eyeballs and they said, because I have you, solve it, do security stuff. And that's, that's how the industry kind of thinks about us, right? We, we do security stuff. We, we don't have to bring uh, cling on to the table and try to over explain or teach people to, to the weeds that we know. We have to give people confidence that we know what we're doing and we're supporting their objectives and we're taking care of our side so they can take care of their side. And together that builds that credibility, the mutual kind of credibility. And then I think that's how ambiguity becomes trusting over time. Our ambiguity drives trust. Wow. That's a lot to think about here, I think. But uh, <laughs> let, let's let's keep thinking with you as we are starting to wrap here, like a vision for the future. That's usually my last question of any conversation I have. I'm just curious about the future and, and then to look back maybe in five years, uh, 10 years, if we actually had a good uh, view and vision for the future. You know, this yeah. technology, humanity, trust, security, this whole thing. I mean, with the last example that you bring, the one going back, and it's like you do your security stuff. It's, I don't think anybody would say that anymore now because you need to put security in context. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering how much more do you see this merging, the business and the security and the, maybe the role of technology in it too? Yeah, well, I think that's a lot to unpack, Marco. Thank you for that question. Oh, you're the, welcome. <laughs> this is awesome. I, I think working from the middle and then working its way out, right? I think the first part is, you know, if you think about the future, security follows technology innovation. As technology continues to move to a virtualized stacks, right? So, folks, if you're still racking and stacking hardware, that's awesome. Uh, but that's not going to happen in the future. The idea is as you move to virtualization, you have as a service, dot, dot, dot. Uh, and that's how security changes. It becomes this very complex organism that has to fit in all those, the, the new pieces. Or in, in the past, we would talk about layers. And in the future, we talk about edge and we talk about you know containers and we talk about virtualization and whatever. And the idea is it becomes a risk management function. So all these things have to feed into the center, which drives the risk assumptions. And then that goes into a tolerance that fits into your larger organizational model of what tolerance means. And then everything else you do drives it. Your incident response, your uh, policies and procedures, your 
training and awareness platforms, like how do you recognize and react to different things, uh, which is also going to drive things like budget and resource allocation. It's going to drive the, the larger ecosystem of crisis management. That's more than just security. That's this bigger sophistication of things. And then lastly, I think what also drives the momentum of us is, is how sophisticated the vulnerabilities and threats are. Uh, and how pervasive they are. You know, I think phishing, and I, I'm going to just say something arbitrarily so the fact checkers can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I think phishing is still the most prevalent threat that we have. Uh, why? Because it, it touches humans. Now we have all these other ways to bypass passwords and get in systems and move laterally and do all the things that they do. But the easiest way and the, the most common liked vector is social engineering and lots of vectors to do it. How many of you working at home get the, the text from your CEO or your boss? And you ever wonder, where do they get their names and phone numbers? How did you get on that list? Why are you getting a text on your personal phone on a Sunday asking you to run an errand or go get an Amazon gift card? Crazy stuff. That's not a real thing. How many people are still falling for it? Billions of dollars worth every year. So it's that's the risk. Wish that was the only one I had to solve, Marco. Uh, that is not in, in my day-to-day -day life. Uh, we solve that plus other things. And that's what I see in the future. More of that, more business conversations, more of getting comfort around what your risk tolerances are and solving the most critical things first. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, I was thinking uh, API microservices and open everything, open banking, open healthcare. <laughs> that's that's the future. Everything, uh, yeah, not, not so much hardware anymore. But uh, Billy, you I'm going to reel you back in from the future. I know Mark likes to take us all the way out there. Uh, but for this community, I want to maybe have you think for a moment and, and share with them a final thought of something that you really want them to take with them. And then also uh, perhaps an action that they can take uh, after listening and watching uh, this episode with you. I think the takeaway for me, well, I know this, the takeaway for me is it's going to be okay. In your day-to-day, -day, you have all these stressors and influencers and technical details and risk-related things, and you might feel like things are going a mile a minute or even faster, and you, you have too much work and you have no boundaries or personal space or whatever. It's going to be okay. Find a mentor. Uh, what I've found most helpful in my career, even now, I have mentors now and people I talk to and people I bounce ideas off of. And some folks uh, I've worked with before, they've worked for me and they're, I consider them mentors now because they just have a different approach of solving the equation. And it's interesting. I'm open to be influenced. You're, and you're describing think, the community, by the way, Billy. <laughs> absolutely. The community I, I love, is a mentor. One big you got it. mentor. I love, I love the, the mentorship aspect of Blue Lava. I love all the other things that, that goes into this. Uh, I was almost going to name drop on my tongue, so that's improper. I won't do that. Community members, a lot of you I know. Uh, some of you I don't, but I'd like to know. Uh, so go find somebody. Talk to them. It's going to be okay. The second part, uh, I think, is the theme of the meeting. It's okay to trust. Find someone. Trust them. Watch, watch everything start to change. Again, it's not always a blindly trust. Trust, but verify. I love it. And uh, I was right to trust that this would be an amazing conversation. Crucial as it was, an amazing conversation. And and Billy, I mean, it, it's always great to talk to you. And 
and uh yeah i mean i was excited when when i had when i heard that we were going to have you be part of this and even more excited when i heard the topic and and heard some of the things you were talking about so uh, i'm sure we've only scratched the surface um and again that's what the community is for uh we don't have all the answers. Billy has a lot of them. <laughs> Marco and I, not so much, but uh, that's what the community is for uh, to kind of bounce ideas off of bounce questions off of and, uh, and share, share thoughts and progress and actions and learnings. And I mean, that's, it's a community of trust right there to, to lean in on. So Billy, thanks for, thanks for joining us here and for sharing this crucial conversation with us and, for everybody listening, there'll be uh, links to Billy's profile in the show notes, and and uh, and also, of course, you can connect with him in the community directly. So, Marco, anything else to to say before we wrap? No, I'm thinking. But, uh, this conversation really, really, I trust my dog <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but no, a lot, a lot to process. I, I hope that we're gonna have many more of these conversations and don't talk much about the technical part about the, the true leadership, which is about humanity. So I, I really appreciate that it started from a book that it was not even about cybersecurity because all the things we said, they do apply to every business, every team, every relationship between humans. So thank you very much. I, I'm honored to be part of this uh, community. I'd like to thank you, Sean. Thank you, Marco. Thanks to the Blue Lava community. Uh, this has been fun, and I look forward to many more uh, conversations with all of you. Well, you just committed to uh, joining us again, Billy. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening and watching this uh, crucial conversations here on the Blue Lava community on ITSB Magazine. And uh, stay tuned for more. I think we're going we're gonna to have some different format uh, conversations coming soon, some interesting topics as well. Uh, so listen back. I mentioned a few of the topics uh, that we've already covered. Listen back to those episodes and uh, stay tuned for some more cool stuff, perhaps with uh, Billy uh, as well in the near future. So thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Crucial Conversations podcast with the Blue Lava community. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.